Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, friends and family, brothers and sisters, complete strangers. I'm not sure who's watching or listening to this right now, but we're glad you're watching the podcast or listening to it. That's right. Today we're looking at 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to begin by asking a question that we should all ask ourselves when we read the Bible, and that is, what do we learn about God in this passage? And 1 John 3 is just stacked with gold, lots insight, to learn. lots of God revelation, and so we'll just take it from the top. Let's do what it. What do we got? I don't know. I'm going to open and make sure I even have 1 First First John 3, verse, verse 1. We, we yeah, learn that we have it. a heavenly father who lavishes his love on us. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. One. Next. Verse two. We learn <laughs> that he has considered us to be children of God and that Jesus Christ is coming again. Okay. Okay. Verse two. The next one I have listed in my phone is verse eight. Verse eight says the reason that Jesus came was to destroy the work of the devil. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. Verse eight. (laughs) What else we got? We got verse, keep scrolling through. Verse 16. What do we have in verse 16, This is how we know what love is, that Jesus laid down his life for us. Mm. So literally like the hugest thing you can know about God that we should remember, (laughs) he loves you so much that he died for you, that he resurrected but 16 and god is like the author of love and he also defines love he says this is what love is right this is the definition Mm -hmm. great verse 20 laid down his life for us verse 20 uh that god's greater than our hearts and he knows everything Mm. god knows everything because this is kind of we're going to get into this a little bit more but if our hearts condemn us yes so interesting and last but not least verse 23 um God reveals himself in and through the person of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and we have to love one another as he has commanded us. Mm. So there's a lot to unpack when it comes to, like, what do you learn about God in this chapter? He's the Heavenly Father, lavishes his love on us. He yeah. came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus Christ came and died. He's the author of love. He's the one who defines love. There's so much, so much to say there. Yeah. But the next thing we usually look at when reading the scriptures, out of the context now, knowing who God is and what he's doing is... What do we learn about humanity? Sure. Yeah. What do so we learn about ourselves? We, what do we have here? Kind of, we broke it down to kind of three different categories. Did we? Yeah. The first like 10 Either verses, way. there's there's more to say, but really it's talking about what does it mean to be a child of God? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. The first 10 verses. That's a huge theme. Yep. Then what are we jumping to? 14. 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Mm. Why is so, that right now? What do we learn about ourselves? Yeah. Well, we're, we're called to love. And if we don't love, then we're yeah. not experiencing life, life to the full, a.k.a. we're experiencing death. Yeah. If that's what John tells us. Mm. Okay. And then what, what's the next one we have? Verse 15 through 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's comparing, contrasting love and hate. Mm. So if you hate someone, they're a murderer, there's no murder, gets to have eternal life. But again, if you love people, you're a child yeah. of God. And remember, this is what love is, laying down your life for the well-being of another. Hmm. So if you listen to the sermon on Sunday, that, that's one of the main things I wanted to impress upon us is that when it comes to even like dating and cohabitation, there's no like specific Bible verse that says, here is how thou shall go on a date. 
Sure. But the Bible gives us tons of biblical truth, principles, teachings on how to treat each other, yeah. what our purpose is here. And the greatest command given is to love God and love others. Sure. And if we go back to the definition of love given here, it is yep. to seek the well-being of another or to lay down our life for that of other people. Mm. So that's what I'm taking away from from myself. And it seems that oftentimes the the definitions of being a child of God is connected to that of obedience to what God's given us yeah. in his Bible. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're wondering, am I a child of God or not? First John 3 is saying, well, are you obedient to the way of Jesus? Right. And God's word. Hmm. Yeah. That's good stuff. I mean, well, yeah. So those, those are really good questions for anybody. If you're just reading your Bible daily, what did I learn about God? What do I learn about myself? What do we learn about humanity? But then like what Clark's kind of saying here is how it's so curious because right now we're in church, we're talking about blessed sexuality. And so you brought up your last sermon and how literally though, like, so like so much of how we do life is how well we love or we don't. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, this is just the clearest example. And why verse, what stuck out to me, you guys, the most was, is probably maybe one that stuck out to you too. There's a couple different ones, but right away, um, when I read verse 16, this is how we know what love is. So it hasn't even been defined yet, but just the reality that like, this is how you know it. Like Clark, you said that God's the author. Like we had a whole sermon about that like three weeks ago about how God, um, because he's the author, then he gets to define these things. And so literally this is how we know. Why is that so important? Because we have so many different definitions popping up in the world today, whether it's from culture, whether it's from your family of origin. And maybe that was helpful from your family of origin. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah. You know, we have so many things where it's like, oh, well, I, uh, I, 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 um, this definition resonates me or, you know, this definition, uh, speaks to me this way or this encouraged me. But like, guys, the truth is that because God made, (laughs) made love, he gets to define it. And this is what it is. Mm. And it's funny that it's actually not something that has anything to do with us initially. It's actually, this has been done for you. Yeah. And so I feel like that was just kind of the, like the biggest piece is like, while we're walking in blessed sexuality, while we're having conversations literally about earthly love and about loving each other and about having tough conversations in love and like just this theme that again we're reading now in first john that's like well okay first like if we're going to have these conversations which we should and we need to and let's definitely do that we have to have mutual understanding with what love is Mm -hmm. and john and we're reading this is what it is yeah definitely (laughs) we've, we've talked about word theft in the past yeah where um I say progressive Christians or just culture in general. Just has, different community groups. Different yeah. communities have hijacked words. But yeah. what, what makes it more confusing is when you hijack words that are like biblical. Again, like sure. love or grace or salvation or yep. redemption. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, it's just so vital when it comes back to what do you learn about God in this chapter? Well, he's the author of love. He's the definer of love. Yeah, And that then dictates how we live and how we worship and how we treat other people. And at the end of the day, whether we're children of God or not is mm. what John's getting at here. Cause if you are, you remain in God's love. You're obedient to what he's called us to. Yeah. That's just really, really important. Mm. Um, so I just appreciate for us at Emmanuel, if you're listening to this present day, mm. the 24th, 
um, in the middle of the Christian sexuality series, what does it mean to be blessed? This chapter is really pivotal and helpful, um, reinstating and reestablishing much of what we have been preaching the last couple of weeks and much of what we know of God and who we're called to be as people. Yeah. So just going back to the very beginning, verse one, verse two, verse three, Mm. remembering that you have a heavenly father who loves you. Right. (laughs) Like that is a starting spot right there. See what great mm. love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Mm. And that is what we are. And the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. So when you're following Jesus, you are in exile. You are a foreigner today. You are different than everybody else. Mm. And when the times get tough, we have to go back to, I have a heavenly Father who loves me. Right. That's the truth. That identity yeah. is so core to who we are, our identity, but also our mission, what he's called us to. Hmm. And so I think that's that's really important. Bobby, I remember you saying something about verse 19, talking about like truly living is like not operating out of our feelings and emotions, which can be helpful at times, but it kind of comes down to, again, who God is and how God's defined. Yeah, I think that's the next thing is because we, so the next thing for me was like, we're reading about, okay, we have this heavenly father, We know these truths about him that are listed throughout the whole chapter, kind of like climactically in verse 16, you read about what love is. And now it's kind of like, okay, what do we do? Like practicing real love. And I want to read it. This is a translate. This is Eugene Peterson's translation starting in verse, what did I say? 19, 18. My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're truly living, living in God's reality. Mm. Mm, that's like good. That. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-critic- self-criticism because what do we read in here? It's a, it's all about, you know, not living in condemnation and because instantly, you know, that's where we go is like we own this attack mode. A, a lot of folks anyway. Anyway, so <clears throat> it's also the way that we shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there's something to it. <laughs> For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. Mm. And so I guess what I mean is just sticking out there is like we, I know you've heard this in Romans and other places about how like, you know, there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, but like practically speaking, like there's this reality that we live into when we practice the way of Jesus, when we actually do accept and receive the love from this father and then live out of that you know, that is the reality I want to live into that. Like when it says God's reality versus, um, yeah, this is the way we know we're truly living. And so later on, he says that we we are confirmed by the, the presence of the Holy spirit at the end. Yeah. And so there's, but what, I guess what just stuck out of me in this is like, man, there's just this very definitive pathway. Like, is this you know, my way, because my way is usually not loving, you know, it's controlling and it's Mm -hmm. manipulating and it's superficial. And then there's God's way and God's way is this way of love. And that is a reality. Like that is, you know, that is truly life that that's why Jesus came in John 10 too. So that's kind of, I feel like that was a huge just encouragement. As we go and kind of wrap up our time together today, thinking about what does it practically look like to live in love, like as God's defined it, Mm -hmm. what comes to my mind is one, looking at who Jesus is, Jesus was always motivated by compassion. He -hmm. was always seeking the well-being of other people and trying to help restore and redeem them. 
when it comes to loving other people, especially meeting people in the midst of their mess, like Jesus always did, I think of James 1 being quick to listen, slow to speak. We're not here just to yeah. fix and come at you and because I love you, you know, this is what you need to do, but being quick to listen, slow to speak. But then when it does come time to speak and love people, mm. and then it comes time to not only speak, but also live it out yourself, we again do it compassionately. Um, because that's who God is. God has lavished his love on us. And so we're called to do that for other people. So th- th- some of these are like vague. Um, they're, they're accurate and clear truths, but how in which you apply them to your life is pretty wide. It's like, what does this yeah. mean for you in your marriage? What does this mean for you in your friendship? What does this mean for you as a teacher to students or to your neighbor or sibling to sibling? I'm not sure, but sit with yeah. sit with First John 3. Remind yourself, you have a heavenly father who loves you and that he came to destroy evil and the works of the devil. And he's called you to be obedient to his way of living. And he's the one that gets to define life. So we cling to the Bible. We're immersed in the Bible. We're treasuring the Bible because it's God's living word to us. And we're reminded of his presence as we read. Hmm. So First John 3, it's kind of a lot. What do we learn about God? What do we learn about ourselves? <laughs> yeah, it is Connecting a lot. it to the sermon series today, but that's what we got. So thanks for tuning into the podcast. Have a fantastic week. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.